podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here every week, win, lose or draw. Talking all things United. This is the United People's Podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing? Ben, you've got a smile on your face. I don't know what to have on my face at this point. I think this is the ninth or tenth time that we've managed to sit down and have a chat with each other. And today we're talking about the fifth. I mean, we thought the fourth bid from Sheikh Jassim was the final bid. Uh, and here we are with the fifth. I wouldn't say completely unexpected bid, but it's been tabled late. It's far in excess of what's been offered before. I want to speak to you about the the sort of the structure of the bid, the value of the bid, what's been said behind the scenes, what's gone on in, I suppose it's been around about three weeks, Ben, since that last bid went in and not really much has been, has come out since then. It's all been cloaks and, and daggers and everything that we've talked about before. But first of all, how are you doing? Very well. It's just typical, isn't it, of a new cycle that you would have a fifth bid, by Sheikh Jassim for Manchester United, Messi going to Inter Miami, Benzema being confirmed as on his way to Real Madrid and Golo Kante joining Al Itihad. Just one quiet day is all I ask for. But I'm excited. Not going to happen the for the next few months of your final. life, Ben. Not, not <laughs> for the next few months of your life. But let's let's focus specifically, of course, on Manchester United and. I mean, we've spoken throughout this whole process, the the swings and, and the pendulum and the momentum that seem to be behind Ineos and Sir Jim Ratcliffe, which I suppose is exactly why this fifth bid has gone in, right? Because it wouldn't have been necessary if Sheikh Jassim and the Qatari bid was was leading the race. What's what's happened today in terms of the, the value of the bid and what is being said by the 9-2 Foundation? Well, I think the first thing to say is when the fourth bid went in, it was uninvited not unexpected but uninvited and by that I mean that Rain Group didn't go to Sheikh Jassim and say we'd like another bid but by implication the games of the process provoked another bid and at that point some build it as take it or leave it but that was never my understanding you just have to always have this position of it's my final offer at this stage of the process, because if you don't, then the sellers are just going to milk you to go up and up and up. This time, it's a little bit different, because with the fifth bid, which was not a surprise in any way, because as I reported now about 10 days ago, the 9-2 Foundation were going to have to improve to stand a chance, and now they have improved. But with this fifth bid, we can look at it two ways. On the one hand, they've gone up again. So that's clearly a positive for them. And they've provided a Friday deadline. And before then, the sellers are going to have to engage or provide some kind of feedback or progress. Otherwise, Sheikh Jassim will stop negotiating. So all of that suggests that this is about 9-2 Foundation trying to control the process and force the issue because the transfer window is upon us. The flip side is they've also given themselves an out. And as a consequence, if we get to Friday or beyond Friday and there is no progress, instead of it being a case of win or lose, it's almost win or pull out. Now, they're not saying they're going to pull out in the sense they're going to withdraw the offer. They're saying that they're going to pull out if there's nothing positive in the sense that they're going to stop engaging. But that's the first step to effectively walking okay. away. So this is, again, a situation where 9-2 Foundation want to either win or pull out because the process was designed not to give them a chance because maybe the Glazers never wanted to sell. What they don't want to do is just lose a race against Ineos because that is defeat 
as opposed to controlling the narrative. So we could look at this as just a positive move and an aggressive move and a power play, but it is worth pointing out that come Friday, maybe this is the way of paving the way to also exit the process as well. We're going to have to wait and see. And I think it's important to understand and present both sides. Then yeah. with the value specifically, my understanding is it's pushing $6.5 billion. And I'm using dollars and I have been for quite a while because that is the currency of the actual process. And if we start putting it into pounds, exchange rates change. And on top of that, it can get a little bit confusing. So it's pushing but not at $6.5 billion. And here again will be where it gets interesting because we're still recording quite early in New York Times. So we'll have to wait and see whether there's any dispute on the selling side over numbers. But of that number, we will have debt and club valuation. On top of that number, we will have still 1 billion in pledged investment, which is not relevant to the process, but 92 Foundation continue to stress that to make it clear that their overall package in a cash deal is effectively in or around 7.5 billion US. And I stress US again, because some people might yeah. be quoting this, currency is very important. 7.5 billion US, of which 1 billion is pledged investment, and then the rest is debt and club valuation. Now, this is significant because the overall number is closer to Sir Jim Ratcliffe's valuation, which is around 6.5 billion and his desire is to be flexible. So he's willing to take the 69% of the Glazer's shares, but he's also willing to take the 50% and potentially leave two of the Glazer's jobs. If, if I, if I can sort of jump in, in there, Ben, what, 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 is the, what is the latest that we, that we currently know about the actual valuation of the Jim Ratcliffe bid? I know it changes according to what sort of bid it goes in because one might be 51%, one might be, but what that they're valuing a Manchester United at $6.5 billion in pretty much all of their bid structures that they're doing. It's only one right? club valuation. The structure is irrelevant. You value the club and then from that valuation, you take the percentage and effectively Sir Jim Ratcliffe has said to the Glazer family, it's dealer's choice. If I'm told to take the 69, I'll take the 69. If I'm told to take 50, 51, that's what I'll do. He just wants control. Now, if it gets to the point where the Glazers say, we'll sell you all 69, Ratcliffe may say, is there any scope for negotiation? And that's where he might try and get the price down because the more of the club you want, the lower in likelihood your offer will be. And I think this is why 9-2 Foundation have said relatively consistently over the course of the last few weeks, they would expect Ineos to have a higher club valuation. So we have to separate a number of things here. One is the only number that matters is the club valuation because the Glazers want to know what they will pocket. Everything else is noise. Everything else is hugely relevant to Manchester United, but the Glazers ultimately aren't bothered by it. So when people say there's a billion of pledged investment in dollars from 90 Foundation, Radcliffe isn't specifying that number, but he is also going to pledge investment in exactly the same areas, whether that's the women's team, the infrastructure, the redevelopment of Old Trafford, improving training facilities, transfer budget, whatever it is. They're both essentially saying they're going to do the same things, but Radcliffe hasn't put a number on it. But do bear in mind that when he came into by Chelsea, 
the offer was 2.5 billion and pledged investment of 1.75 billion. So Radcliffe will have similar numbers because he's held the same meetings regarding what needs to be done if he's successful. But this process is far simpler, whether rightly or wrongly. The Glazers don't care about the future if they leave. They care about what they're going to pocket if they exit. And this is why the club valuation is the only thing that matters. With Ratcliffe, he will use a singular club valuation to pitch flexible structures. So if the Glazers want to stay, then he has a route into control at the club. And what they're doing behind the scenes at Ineos is holding what's being termed by sources as, quote, positive and ongoing discussions. And a lot of that will be about the specifics of if the Glazers stay whether that's two or more, how do they exit? And before the Glazers exit, everybody has to be in agreement and clear that they lose their close Class B voting power. And then from there, they'll have to discuss when they exit and on what type of terms. And there'll be lots of different options. Ratcliffe may have the opportunity to buy them out early, but at a higher premium. The Glazers may have the opportunity to stay later and then we have to determine whether the price per share is fixed or variable and i'm really simplifying this so anybody that's actually a financial expert will be aware of how complicated it is so we have two scenarios here really and in stark contrast and i think this is the best way of summarizing the situation scenario one is the tactic from 92 foundation which is force the issue get an answer it's time now to move Otherwise, it's going to be a very damaging transition because the transfer window will be open and it just might overshadow Manchester United season. On the yeah. flip side, you've got Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who is cautiously optimistic and is saying, I will do things on your term. I will take private meetings. I won't make any noise. It's going to take one to two weeks and then we might have some clarity, but nothing is imminent as of today. So is this about... Ratcliffe's been the stalking horse. Finally, Jassim has made an acceptable offer. They move quickly, which is why there's this Friday, in inverted commas, deadline in place. Or all along, has Ratcliffe actually been the best option because the Glazers do not want to collectively leave as a six? In which case, Jassim can shout and scream all he likes. But in essence, the shouting and screaming becomes more of an exit strategy to leave on his terms than necessarily a realistic move to own the football club. And the honest truth, and I always give you my honest opinion and reporting rather than trying to create a headline, is right now, we don't know which one it is because neither group is the preferred bidder. Neither group is in an exclusive period. Ratcliffe is cautiously optimistic and Jassim is frustrated and trying to force the issue. So now we have to wait and see whether that power play works. The um, I suppose from, from a fan looking at this, uh, as you said, the, the valuations from the Sheikh Jassim bid and the Jim Ratcliffe bid, they're, they're, clo- they're quite closely aligned now. There's, there's not going to be... Too- well, I, know, I say closely aligned. They're probably going to be like one, two hundred million apart. But in the grand scheme of where these bids started, of, of the four to four and a half billion to where they are now, they're quite close. It's it's just the structure of it all comes down. It, the way I'm looking at it is the greed of Avram and Joel because right now they could get uh, a cash out for the for every family member. Everybody gets 100 percent of their shares paid out, and that's done. It, that, as you say, is transactionally simple by comparison. The other way is there's some glazers that leave now and maybe there's even part of Joel and Avram's glazers shares that are sold off but they also hold on to a part 
in the logic that in five years' time, once the investment has been put in place, that that value of that share is significantly more and they haven't had to do anything for it. So from a United fan's perspective, that's terrifying because therefore, that's obviously what the Glazers are going to choose. If, if their stubbornness and their greediness, really, as we've seen so far as them as owners, is the, is the priority, then that Ratcliffe bid still is probably the one that they're going to be pushing. Certainly Abraham and Joel anyway. Well, I think it depends, first of all, on the terms. Do they want to stick around in a minority sense? And then with what they would get if they stick around when they finally exit, there's too many variables to have a clear picture. At this point, it might be a fixed price and they may get a premium minimum per share price and think, brilliant, we don't just have to look at the club valuation now. Four of us can take the now and two of us can remain and take something in the future. And if that is the situation. It might not just be a Joel and Avram thing either. You could have a situation where all six of the Glazers say, we'll hand over control to Sir Jim Ratcliffe, but we want something to allow us to still make money off this football club in the future. I think that would be highly complicated, but this is what is going on behind the scenes. The meat and bones of effectively, if the Glazers stay or two of them stay, how exactly would they exit? That's the simplest way of putting it. And then I think the other thing that we still need to stress in all of this is we don't know that the two offers for club valuation are identical. One, because you can always go to Ratcliffe with these improved offers from Jasim and say, he's improving all the time. You need to go up a little bit. So there could be some change there potentially. But at the moment, my understanding is that there hasn't been to date. And then the second thing is just this dispute over what the amount is. So you're absolutely right in what you say. If we take the 9-2 foundation side and they're adamant that their offer is competitive and that their offer is in the ballpark of Sir Jim Ratcliffe and that their offer now is north of $5 billion. And if you talk to the sellers, there is a feeling that Throughout previous bids, and I want to make that clear because today it's been silent on the selling side, but in previous bids, there's been this allegation, as we spoke about a couple of shows back, that the Qatar numbers are inflated. So given that Sir Jim Ratcliffe hasn't said what he's doing with the debt specifically, it would also be logical that Qatar's offer has to factor in club valuation, debt clearance, and they're adding pledged investment. So if that is a club valuation of $6.5 billion plus money to clear the debt plus pledged investment, then the two club valuations are going to be very similar. And then you would see no reason why all six Glazers wouldn't accept the Jassim offer because it's miles above the enterprise value of the club. But of course, if the numbers are being more creative and it isn't $7.5 billion, and it isn't a club valuation of $6.5 billion, if it's actually $6.5 billion and from that 6.5, the pledged investment is not on top but inclusive and the debt is cleared within that, then what the Glazers' take-home is left with is much, much lower than what Ratcliffe is offering. 
And yeah. in which case, they would want Jasim to be higher to proceed with him. So we're getting a lot of competitive tension in games here because they're both seeing the same emails. They're both on Ooh, the same yeah. phone calls. And this isn't just... 92 Foundation and the Glazers together. Rain Group are part of this. They are on the calls as well. Even with direct engagement, Rain is still running this process. So somebody up until this point, and I stress again that the selling side have not intimated anything to me personally at the time we're recording, but with the other offers, there was always dispute over Qatar saying adamantly, and they still do, that anything extra is extra is on top. And the selling side saying it's all grouped together with a bunch of numbers to come to a big number that sounds competitive in order to drive PR. But the reality is, is what they are offering is much, much lower. So a lot of what 92 Foundation are saying is great for Manchester United, but not great for the Glazers. And that's creating potentially a gulf between Ratcliffe just offering a bunch of money to the Glazers and then worrying about the pledged investment and worrying about the debt afterwards, which is alarming perhaps to Manchester United fans, but you have to win the process. And then if you win the process, you've got the football club and from there you can move it in whatever direction you wish. So again, I urge caution here because we see a lot of numbers banding around and often they appear like for like and often one group perhaps appears better for the football club and even the Glazers than the other. But we still have to understand that throughout this entire process, every single number has been disputed, which is why as a reporter, it's been difficult to cover and why as a reporter, I always try to give you this extra context so people understand that it isn't unfortunately as black and white as everybody would like it to be. Yeah. And by everybody, I even mean the groups who would love things to be clearer. If I can ask you, Ben, there's there's been two points where I've been a little bit confused today. Number one is uh, who, uh, the 9-2 Foundation, who were they putting this bid into because some some groups were saying it was directly to the glazers others were saying it was directly to the rain group and also i think on the wording of um the friday deadline if we can get clarity on that does that mean that the bid would still exist after friday or is it and and that they wouldn't negotiate at any point I, I, it's just on the wording of what this friday deadline actually means i think people would would appreciate some clarity it's impossible that. to answer that question because if this move is successful, then there's zero way that 92 Foundation would want to ever imply that they might pull out on Friday. And if the move isn't successful, then they may well. And until they know if they're successful, they won't know that final decision. So at the moment, the indications from sources is very clear that on Friday, if they do not get any significant engagement or positive progress, then they will stop engaging. And sources add that means that they wouldn't withdraw the offer on Friday, but they would stop engaging, which you could construe as as good as walking away. Okay. But we have to sort of wait a little bit here and also not assume that Friday is going to be D-Day publicly because if this is all about just this is our final offer, we think it's going to be accepted, we think we're going to win, we think we want to force the issue, then it is a power play. And then the last thing 9-2 Foundation will want is for the sellers to feel like they might walk away. It's more just about 
making it absolutely clear privately and publicly that everyone's got to get a move on. But if this is just an exit strategy because Ratcliffe is progressing and 9-2 Foundation feel like they need to publicly alert people to the narrative that they might walk away, then obviously it's a little bit different. And we have to wait and see because it's impossible to predict at this point what will happen on Friday until we get a clear understanding of whether this latest improved offer stands a genuine chance in which case the notion of walking away and pulling out is all just gamesmanship or doesn't stand a realistic chance and wasn't invited in which case the process will continue and the Ratcliffe talks will proceed and this is part of an exit strategy for 9-2 Foundation. And I don't want to tell you which one of the two it is because the 9-2 Foundation say they're confident as you would expect. And everyone said that for, for a good amount of weeks. We said that for quite some time. Yeah. But we also hear a lot of dispute over numbers. We hear dispute over narrative. So on Friday, the games will disappear. And one source put it in these terms, which I'm going to pull up and say to you. And I think that it's apt. And I also think it's very funny as well. This is the exact wording. I think it's time to take a SH star T or get off the pot. The delay is devaluing the very asset they're trying to sell. And that is the perspective, I think, of those that are close to the 9-2 foundation. There's a lot of fans as well. It's, been, it's what I've been saying as well. They're, they're, I, I didn't see the benefit of delaying it anymore. And maybe it was just to, just to But lure. that's their perspective. They may not be delaying it. They may be proceeding maybe. with Ineos. Who maybe, this has all been, optimistic. maybe this has all been like perfectly played out as far as the rain group are concerned. It's uh, everything I think, look, ticking the boxes. To finish with, I would say there's two things. One is the Glazers' valuation clearly hasn't been met throughout this process. Because it's outrageous. The hope is that from the groups, the games will disappear and with it will the greed and they'll settle eventually. That's number one. And then number two is there is absolutely a stalking horse in this. And if the Glazers want to stay, then 9-2 Foundation is the stalking horse to get the best possible deal out of Radcliffe. And if the Glazers want to go, then we still might find that Sir Jim Radcliffe is the stalking horse. But the difference is that up until this point and the fifth bid from 9-2 Foundation, the race was on the Glazers' terms. And now 9-2 Foundation are at least trying to change that narrative and say, you can try everything you like. You can leave both groups in engagement, but we're putting a deadline on it now because your deadlines haven't led to anything. And that is either an indication that if they don't get accepted, they'll leave on their own terms, or it's an indication that they want clarity right now because they think they're going to win and they think Radcliffe is the stalking horse and they want it done right now. Otherwise, they're going to be massively hampered if they can't get in sooner rather than later. And I'd love to tell you which one of the two it is. I really would, but I also believe, not missing in, Meg. <laughs> I believe in responsible journalism. It's not like, I don't know. It's that I don't think at this point the Glazers necessarily know. And the fifth offer in that respect complicates things because it's new numbers, it's a higher number. So because they didn't ask for it, even if they tried to, as I said before, manufacture it through the games that they're playing, they almost have to receive it, discuss it, ask questions on it, and then proceed. 
So I think that things will move quite fast now. And <laughs> Friday will obviously be a very significant day. But whether or not we get any clarity on Friday in terms of a preferred bidder, we'll simply have to wait and see. Uh, wait and see. Eh? I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> wait and see. Um, something about confidence in the bid. Uh, I don't know. I think you can get so many tattoos. Look, I'm waffling now. Ben, thank you very much for your 20 minutes. I hope you enjoy it. You have, you have a good trip to Istanbul. Right, that's, for, that's where the Champions League final is, right? It is indeed. Right, so you've you got an Inter shirt underneath underneath that. You're wearing an Inter <laughs> shirt? No, you're not wearing it. Well, you got, I'll buy you an Inter shirt. There you go. That'll you know what? Friend. A really funny thing is I am actually officially, technically anyway, supporting Inter because Inter's sponsorship ran out and they had a blank shirt and the sponsor that's come in for the Champions League final, nothing to do with me, by the way, none other than Paramount Plus, which is CBS. <laughs> Come on, there we go. I always so, had you down as an Inter fan. We will then. actually be wearing, or Inter will be wearing our logo. And now, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed sign. to wear their logo. I have to stay neutral. But uh, yeah, Paramount Plus very much attaching its brand to Inter on the Champions League well, final. Tell you what, so I suppose we're, in, we're Inter fans. If you if you can get in touch with your bosses and you can get me an Inter shirt that can go on there with Paramount <laughs> Plus before Saturday, then I will get that on the mannequin. <laughs> I will definitely get that on the mannequin. But look, I hope you have a good trip. Uh, thank you very much for your time, as always. Uh, and at some point in the future, we'll, we'll have that champagne once it's all done, but not quite yet. But this is an interesting development at the very least. All the best, everyone. We'll speak soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.